Hey, Christmas. <laughs> you know that scene in uh, The Thin Man when Myrna Loy's character comes into the bar and she, after the dog is dragging her and she slides down the bar and then says, yes. Tommy, I don't always look like this. I've been Christmas shopping. That's exactly what I <laughs> feel like. I last been, year. <laughs> every year, that's the way I feel. Yeah, I've been, I don't hate Christmas, but I do dislike Christmas shopping. I am a fan uh, shopping at other times of the year, as are <laughs> you. You, are, yes. you always say you don't, but I think you are. You know PSFK, where we frequently go to filch stories. Yes, yeah. And this one is 45 pages on the future of retail. They were sort of looking at, because um, the traditional stores, like the big box stores and malls, they're losing a lot of people. Oh, to, really? Like, yeah, it's like Amazon. And So they thought, okay, we're going to see why this is happening and what the future could possibly be for okay. retail. There's sort of nine trends. One is how to make your brand a champion. This is to use shoppers as affiliates. So that's kind of like Tupperware almost. Mm -hmm. When you get people over, the people who are having the party, they get a big chunk of change mm -hmm. for selling it to all their friends. It's sort of like, you know, your friends as your um, power. Market, your, yeah. Your market, yeah, yeah. That's but they it. also, one of the things they also said in the notes around that same thing was the idea of... Um, you know, encouraging people to do things like like you on Facebook and essentially proselytize in exchange for things. They use the example of uh, Tesco, the British grocery chain, giving people loyalty points for sharing stuff, which I find yeah. a little bit slimy. Yeah, but people are doing that now. That's just part of selling out your friends, selling your own <laughs> social data. Yeah, yeah, but selling your social data is, is a big part of this whole experience. Yeah, for those rewards, yeah. Yes, and then they have something. I like this, and I have seen this happening a bit. This is called the shopper design deal. You know, you're in Future Shop on your smartphone. You look at this, you know, printer for $50, and you look it up, the same printer, at a bunch of other stores, and you go, hey, if mm -hmm. I go over to Best Buy, I can get this for 45 bucks. So the idea is, is that you can actually set the price when you're in the store. Ergo, it gives you a feeling of power and mm -hmm. control. And because we've got all this extra knowledge and experience now, you know, from being online... That's really interesting because Daniel Pink's new book is called To Sell as Human and it's basically about how the, <laughs> the sales relationship has changed and he's exactly saying that exact thing is that it's gone from a case where, you know, the guy on the car lot had all the information and there was this total imbalance where you, the customer, didn't have that. But now yeah. it's almost like the reverse. As a customer who wants to get something in particular, you may actually know the market even better than the person who's selling it to you. I do in many cases. <laughs> Aren't you special? I do, and then music, but anyway. And then, let's see. Oh, this is also kind of interesting, which is called crowd-led product choice. And that means that people now really want to have a say in what the next fashion is going to be, or let's say, like, huh. what the next lipstick color is going to be. So they'll have a contest. Like crowdsourcing it, kind yeah, of? Yeah, 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 exactly. There just seems to be something deeply human in this whole idea of us wanting to be part of picking things out, and now technology is uh, allowing us. Yeah, people certainly do want it. I mean, I guess it is that thing of like, then you, it's the same thing that gets back to your earlier point, because the idea then is you get, hey, vote for my lipstick color, the blah, yeah. blah, 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 right? Yeah. Which, yeah, I mean, exactly. personally, I have no interest. I would, that's the kind of thing I would way rather have somebody who's really good at curating stuff. And now we're on to retail on demand. First one is you get a better deal if you sell your data to them. Well, there's lots of information that I, that suggests that people 
will trade up their own data, but precisely in exchange for stuff that's actually useful. Like, don't just ask for my data and give me some crap thing. Like, give me something that's actually a benefit, if, yeah. and people will give up their data in exchange for something useful. Now, this I really like. It's called shopper coaching, and it means that you make brand education part of the experience. So the examples that I saw was, like, let's suppose you buy a Honda motorcycle. They will make part of the experience, you get repair lessons, free repair lessons as part of the deal, so you get oh, to yeah. actually know how the whole how the bike operates. And then you know more about that particular product. But yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the other one is called Bespoke at Scale. We've been talking about this on the Sniffer a lot and how people want to tailor things to make them very unique, mm -hmm. like, you know, designing furniture. Now that's it for the future of retail. What do you think? Yeah, what do you think of some of those trends? Would you uh, sell out your friends on social media for in exchange for uh, benefits? Yeah. Well, no, I think it's interesting that um, they're taking advantage of it. We'll see what the future I agree, it's definitely happening, that's for sure. My thing is uh, not so much about shopping, but it is about marketing. And it is, it's interesting because it's the, the opposite of your sort of bottom-up sharing. It's that every year, the people at the color company Pantone come out with their color for the year for next year mm -hmm. and it's like weird it's like the star chamber that just decides this is going to be the hot color now and it's like completely the old school like no one knows how they come up with it they just come up with the color and it kind of affects a lot of what is what you see out there over the next kind of year or two yeah and so the color for 2013 is uh emerald Ooh, I love which is emerald. interesting because you were kind of thinking about painting um part of your living room yep. in, a, in a color very close to emerald um so they but talk it's going to be trendy i don't want that i know that's the other thing right is do you want to paint it that color if everyone else is going to be painting it so they talked about some of the things that pantone says that uh, emerald represents that it's like clarity rejuvenation and it had me wondering like do you think all this color stuff is bs or is there something really to the sort of color psychology idea I used to paint my walls very, very color-saturated. And then I sort of moved away to white when I got started buying art. But I did yeah. think, because when, when we recently painted um, a few rooms in our house, and I um, noticed after we picked this kind of deep red and this deep blue, that there is a lot of like really super-saturated color. And this emerald green is also a very super-saturated color. And it kind, that kind of made me wonder, well, is it finally like... A reaction against all the austerity and all of mm -hmm. the grimness and the restraint is that at least that's something that's kind of affordable like maybe I can't afford to really buy a ton of new stuff but at least I can get a can of paint yeah that's true and I think we're also seeing like when you look at shows like Mad Men and a lot of different things like really heavily heavily color saturated mm -hmm. Um, sets and I think people see that and they want to recreate that in their homes. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. very opulent. Ooh. Did I ever tell you the thing about the IKEA catalog in Italy versus the IKEA catalog in Canada? No. So they do obviously they do like national versions of the IKEA things and some of them are really obvious differences, right? Like that the kitchens that they show you in the Italian one are much smaller, obviously because European kitchens are smaller. But then the, they're mostly the same, like with the same models. But then we yeah. were looking at these dining room chairs. And in the Italian version of the IKEA catalog, the chairs are this like bright red color, but in the Canadian version, they're beige. Because <laughs> Canadians are beige? so boring. Beige. beige. Oh God, not even white beige. <laughs> I thought that was so telling of but Canadians. They were red? So, well, how about you folks? Would you paint your wall emerald green? Mm -hmm. Ooh, it's like Dorothy. Mm -hmm. Ruby slippers, Emerald City. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Go, girl. And have a wonderful Christmas. Have a wonderful Christmas and a terrific New Year, yes. and we'll talk to you uh, early in January. In 2013. Okay. If we're all still here.
<laughs> Come to the blog. For links to these stories and more, thesniffer.net. Bye. Let's have some Christmas sushi. Oh, yes. <laughs>